welcome to the Tabletop Games Blog topic discussion. Board games for everyone. Sometimes I get asked to recommend games for someone to play. As you can imagine, that's never easy and my first question tends to be what other games they have already played. If they're completely new to the hobby, I usually ask how many people they intend to play with, whether they're a competitive group, how long they're happy to play for. It's also sometimes good to find out what sort of films, TV shows or activities they like, because many board games have a setting that might fit. So in this article, I want to give you a list of different types of games that I tend to suggest to people. I could have split this article into a longer series and really describe every game in detail, but for now I kept it as one, and I will just give you an idea of why I think a certain game might suit a certain type of people. If you want to find out more about each game, there are links to either one of my reviews or the publisher's website. So let's start with light games that don't have a lot of rules and play quite quickly, and let's look at competitive games first. One game that is usually a good way to introduce people to the hobby is, of course, Flux, by Andrew and Kristen Looney from Looney Labs. It ticks a lot of boxes. It's a card game, so it's easy to take with you and can be played pretty much anywhere, as it doesn't take up a huge amount of table space. It can be played with up to six players as well, which means it's very flexible and doesn't matter if only a couple of your friends show up, or if you have a larger group. Flux also basically has one rule, at least to start with. Draw a card, then play a card. Everything else evolves as you play and all you really need to do is read the text on the cards. Sure, you also have to know how to win the game and how new rules to replace existing ones, but that's not too difficult to grasp. Flux can take a little while to play, but it can be over very quickly as well. It really depends on the players and the luck of the draw, but ultimately, it plays so quickly that people are usually happy to play it at least twice back to back. There are also dozens of versions of the game out there with different settings and themes that everyone should be able to find one that suits them and the group. It also means that if you get bored with your flux, you can buy another version that introduces a couple of minor changes to keep things fresh for you and your friends or family. For people who prefer games where luck plays a bigger role, I always recommend one of the many Mintin games by Kate Beckett and David Rennie Miller from Subquark. Mintin Mini Skullduggery is my favourite here, and I've played it many times with a wife and daughter, as well as the wider family. It's another game that ticks a lot of boxes. It comes in a mini mint tin, which fits into every pocket, and the box is sturdy enough to take a few knocks. It's all about rolling dice, and there really is only one thing you can do to affect the game, so there's not much you have to think about. It also plays in around 50 minutes on average, so it's really quick, and there are only a handful of rules that you need to know, none of which are difficult. If someone prefers a light cooperative game, then The Mind by Wolfgang Walsh from Nürnberger Spielkartenverlag is definitely a great choice. It was nominated for and won a large number of board game awards, and now also comes in a plastic-free version if you want a game with some green credentials. It's another card game, so it's very easy to take with you, and it plays relatively quickly. The rules are also very basic, and because it's a cooperative game, the whole group can learn together if anyone is worried about having to teach it to people, but as I say, it's very simple anyway. If you're trying to cater for a group of people who might prefer something slightly longer, maybe with a couple of extra rules, 
than Quacks of Quedenburg, also by Wolfgang Walsh, but from Schmidtspiele, is a competitive push-your-luck game with simple rules that takes around an hour to play. It does take up a bit of space on the table and certainly isn't a game you can just put in your handbag or jeans pocket. However, it does offer a lot of fun and laughter because it's all about working out probabilities, at least roughly, to decide if you should draw one more ingredient out of the bag or stop. It's a sort of game where you will learn more about players' personalities. You'll see if people like to take risks or are more cautious. It will appeal to people who just want to have a bit of fun playing games with friends or family, as well as people who are really competitive and will plan what ingredients to buy and who formulate their strategy from the start. So it really works for a wide range of people and it's a great introduction to push your luck. Another fun competitive game that takes a little longer to play and has few rules to learn, but isn't too taxing, is Cold Express by Christophe Rambaud from Le Nord. It's a so-called programming game where people play cards to determine what their meeple will do and once the cards have been played, the program is executed. Of course, things won't always go to plan because there are several players' meeples that can affect your meeple's actions. That can lead to hilarious moments where meeple was going to snatch some loot, but because they have pushed into another carriage on the train, they're grasping thin air. The game comes with a 3D cardboard train, which looks great on the table and is a real draw. It also plays relatively quickly, making it easy to play Cult Express two or three times back to back. The rules aren't too difficult, even though the game won't make much sense until one round has been played and the card's program is run, when everyone realizes what the card means and how it affects the game. It's one of my favorite family games, for sure, and I have now played it with various groups of people who all enjoyed it. I want to end the article with a cooperative game that's for those who want something puzzly and are happy to play for around half an hour to an hour, depending on how the game goes. There are a few games in the series, but I think a good one to start with is Forbidden Island, by Matt Leacock from GameRite. The game is pretty easy to learn, but very hard to win. It will keep you busy for some time, and you really have to work out how best to work together to gather up the artifacts from the island before it sinks. We played it with our daughter many years ago, so I can assure you that it's a game you can play with children quite easily. In fact, it appeals to a wide range of people who like to work together to solve a puzzle. And if the group likes Forbidden Island and wants to try something else, then there are a couple more games in the series that offer different challenges. So there will be a lot more to explore if you want to. Now, I wonder what games you tend to recommend to people, or what games have been recommended to you when you started in the hobby. I'd love to hear from you, so please share your thoughts on the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. Thank you for listening to this Tabletop Games Blog topic discussion podcast. Please check the description below for links mentioned in this episode, as well as to the written version of this article on the blog. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us some stars or leave a review. Please also tell your friends about me, and if you want to offer financial support, check out my Patreon Ko-fi pages, links to which you'll find in the blog at tabletopgamesblog.com. So thank you again for listening, and I hope to see you again soon. This podcast was made possible by the generous help of my Patreon supporters. Royal Patrons, Nicholas Higgins and Sean Newman. Magic Champion, Zeb Hicks. Castle Guards, David Miller and James Naylor. Dice Masters, Alex Bardi, Paul Grogan and Robin Kay and Shining Lights, Gavin Jones, Sarah Reed, 
Richard Simpson and Tim Wernick.